Hi, this is Mark Brady. I'm the pastor at Anchor Faith Church in Valdosta, Georgia. I want to thank you for listening to our podcast today. We believe it will bless you and minister to you. I get ready to receive a word from God. I want you to turn over to Luke's gospel, the fourth chapter. And as you're turning there, I want to read, well, uh, most time I do New King James, but uh, this first scripture to set it up, I wanted to read Isaiah 10, 27 from the uh, King James. And, and he says in Isaiah 10, 27, God speaking through the prophet said, And it shall come to pass in that day that his burden shall be taken away from off thy shoulder and his yoke from off thy neck, and the yoke shall be destroyed because of the anointing. Amen. Somebody said, well, what's, what's a yoke? A yoke is anything that's trying to hold you back from serving God. It could be a spiritual yoke. It could be a physical yoke. It could be a, a, an emotional yoke. In other words, it is the enemy trying to take charge of the direction of your life. Amen? It's a burden. He says the yoke shall be destroyed and the burden shall be removed. Somebody says, well, I thought the Lord would give us a burden for certain things. No, the Bible says in 1 John 2.20 gives us an unction. A burden is a weighty thing that's bearing down on you. An unction is God leading you in the liberty of the Holy Spirit and the power of the Holy Spirit to pray and stand your ground. Amen? I follow unctions, not burdens. You know what I do with a burden? I cast it over on the Lord. Hallelujah. Because I'm not going to carry a burden around with me. But I will yield to an unction because that's the Holy Spirit leading me to do what I'm supposed to do. Amen? See, a lot of us, we've gotten caught up in, well, I've just got such a burden. Well, once you give that burden to the Lord, follow the unction of the Holy Ghost, and just stand in victory. Amen? Praise God. And walk in the anointing of God. So he says here, it's the anointing that destroys the yoke. Notice the anointing doesn't break the yoke. The anointing destroys it. Amen. You know, God is very specific in how he says things. Notice he didn't say here the anointing will break the yoke. Well, if you break something, you can fix it. But if you destroy it, it's beyond repair. Amen. And so the Lord is saying here to the children of Israel, and now this is a natural situation. They were the Assyrians that came in. They'd been conquered because they'd gotten away from God. But God spoke to him, and he said, the day that you repent, turn your life to me. He says, I will destroy this enemy off of you, and I'll destroy this yoke that they put on you, and I'll roll the burden away because my anointing will come on that situation. In other words, my presence shall come back into that situation. Amen. And I'm going to show you here, just as we look in Luke chapter 4 now, that the anointing is also the power of the Holy Spirit. The anointing is the presence of God. The anointing is God doing a mighty work that we can be involved in. Amen. In Luke chapter 4 and verse 14, the Bible teaches here, now the Lord Jesus had been baptized by John. The Holy Spirit came upon him. Then the Holy Spirit here in this fourth chapter leads him into the wilderness. Jesus defeats the devil. Amen. And the Bible says that Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit into Galilee. Notice that Jesus got filled with the Holy Spirit. Then whenever he went into the wilderness and the Holy Spirit led him into the wilderness. You ever notice that? That, that the Holy Spirit sometimes will lead you into hard situations. See, we, we think that God only leads us over sometimes where it's real easy. But I've been led in some of the hardest situations that I've Huh? There it is. Praise God. But anyway, don't stand there. Praise God. 
But the Lord has, has led me at times in the wilderness. I've been in situations where I've said, Lord, are you sure? But you know, as we stayed faithful to God, we saw great victories. Hallelujah. And I like to tell it like this. The Lord led Jesus, the Spirit of God led Jesus, our Lord, into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. And the Lord went in there and used the Word of God under the anointing of the Holy Ghost and defeated the devil. And when he came out of there, he came out of there with the devil under his feet. Amen. Hallelujah. I like to tell people that Jesus was establishing his ministry and declaring there's a new sheriff in town. Hallelujah. Amen. The devil's not going to rule the reign anymore. Jesus has come to defeat him. Praise God. And so he says now that Jesus has returned in the power of the Spirit into Galilee. And the news of him went throughout all the surrounding regions. And he taught in their synagogues being glorified of all. And so he came to Nazareth where he had been brought up. And as his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up to read. And he was handed the book of the prophet Isaiah. And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it is written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Now, let's just stop right here. The Lord Jesus Christ returns in the power of the Spirit immediately goes into the synagogue on the Sabbath day. When he walks in, he stands up. They hand him the, the book of Isaiah. And it wasn't turned to Isaiah 61. He turned specifically himself to the 61st chapter of Isaiah. He found the place where it is written. Amen. So it wasn't open to him to read that. Jesus on purpose went to these verses. Okay. Now, you've got to follow along with me. Notice here he says, he went on purpose. He found where it was written, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. He has sent me to, to proclaim liberty to the captives and, the, and recover a sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, bruised, or beat down, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Then he closed the book, gave it back to the attendant, and sat down. And the eyes of all that were in the synagogue were fixed on him and he began to say to them today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing glory to God you know what the Lord did he just declared to all the people from the scriptures who he is and what he was called to do now something you can I, you and I can do and we'll just get a, a little side journey here it's good for us praise God the Lord Jesus Christ came and identified who he was with scripture Today, this is fulfilled in your hearing. I am who Isaiah says I am, okay? I want to tell you what you and I need to do. We need to follow his example and find our identity in the Scripture and find our purpose in the Scripture and find out who we are in Christ in the Scripture, amen? It's not my opinion. It's not what I feel like. It's what the Word says. That's who I am, and that's what I've been called to do, amen? And so the Lord says, this is fulfilled today in your hearing. And of course, they got all upset and mad at him, praise God. But what the Lord was, was basically saying to them there in that, that 19th verse, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. One translation says, to proclaim the day when salvation and the free favors of God profusely abound. Woo! Jesus said, I have come to be your year of jubilee. Hallelujah. I've come to restore everything that you lost in the fall. I'm here to bring it back to you. Hallelujah. Every mistake you ever made, I'm ready to fix it for you. Everything the enemy's ever stolen from you, I'm ready to restore it to you. Praise God. Amen. But notice this, that he returned in the power of the Spirit. Then he says, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he hath anointed me to preach the gospel. So power, Spirit, and anointing are synonymous. Amen. So if the anointing destroys the yoke, it's the power of the Holy Spirit that destroys the yoke. 
Amen? And the Lord Jesus is the one who is anointed. Christ means the anointed one with the anointing. And so the Lord Jesus says, I am the one anointed by the Spirit with the power of God to come and preach liberty to you. Hallelujah. I've come to set you free. I've come to heal you, deliver you, and make you whole. Praise God. And it's fulfilled in me. Amen. See, we haven't been taught that. We thought, when, well, when you make Jesus your Lord, you get saved, hang on, hold out till you get to heaven someday. Amen. But then I got to read the Bible, and I tell everybody all the time, I said, the Bible doesn't say hang on, hold out. It says to stand. I said, the difference in standing and hanging is standing is above and hanging is below. <laughs> Amen. If I'm standing on something, I'm on top of it. If I'm hanging from something, I'm below it, praise God. Amen. And the Lord says, I'm to stand on the scripture, stand on the word. And once I've done all to stand, just stand firm in that place of authority. Hallelujah. And just walk with the Lord, praise God. But we need to get this revelation that Jesus didn't just come to save us so we could go to heaven. Jesus came to save us. He came to heal us. To deliver us, he came to set us free, he came to recover us from everything that's ever been. This one, I'll go this one, okay? Praise God, I can do either one, hallelujah. But the Lord Jesus has come to set us free. And you need to understand that. Now, here's the thing you need to get a revelation of. Hebrews 13, 8 says, Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. So, you know, that means that this very moment that the Lord Jesus is still the, the fulfillment of what Isaiah said in the 61st chapter. The Lord Jesus is still anointed by the Spirit, and he's anointed to preach and proclaim the gospel to the poor. Only he's not doing it himself. He's called us to go do it for him. Amen and with him. Hallelujah. We get to proclaim the good news to the poor. What's good news to a poor person? God will supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. You don't have to be poor anymore. Hallelujah. I was sitting in a classroom at Ramah, and, and Bonnie and I, you know, we got a hold of the, the scripture on healing, and so we were believing God and walking in health and celebrating healing, praise God. Hadn't got the revelation of prosperity yet. How many of you found out you can't walk in what you don't know? Amen. The entrance of his words giveth light and brings understanding to the symbol. And, and only when you allow the word to enter in will you have the light of what God wants to do for you. And I was sitting there, and, and one of the teachers said, well, if you be willing and obedient, you can eat the good land even as a student because you're in God's perfect will, obeying him, and God will supply all your need. And I went, oh, my God, he's talking to me. Hallelujah. And Bonnie and I just started, hallelujah, believing God, and started rising right on up from there. Hallelujah. And we began to follow God. and began to show us that, praise God, I don't have to be poor no more. Amen. I can walk in victory. I can get my bills paid and have a little bit left over to enjoy life with, praise God. And so he came to set the poor free. He says he, he came to, to heal the brokenhearted. Glory to God. He healeth the brokenhearted. David said that over in the Psalms, didn't he? Binds up their wounds, glory to God. Life will try to break you down, but Jesus came to heal you from it and deliver you from it, praise God. And then he goes on down here and he says, recovering a sight to the blind. That's spiritually blind, physically blind, emotionally blind. Whatever the enemy's blinding you with, Jesus came to set you free from it. Amen. 
and recovering his sight to the blind and to liberty those who are oppressed, bruised, beat down, downtrodden, proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. So this is who the Lord is. This is what he came to do. I was so excited. I went to church for, you know, when we when Bonnie and I first got married, we went to church, good church, loved the, the pastor. He was a good pastor and, and stuff. But, you know, I, I would sit there, and they would preach about a Jesus that I couldn't find in the Bible. Because I got my Bible, you know, uh, I, I started reading the Word, hallelujah. And I started in Matthew. I thought, well, I'm going to start in the new. It's better than the old, so I'm going to do with the new, praise God. Didn't know much. I didn't come from a real strong Christian background. I, somebody said, what was your background? I said, sinner. <laughs> Amen. And had a lot of company. <laughs> but... Uh, <clears throat> No, we, we finally, Bonnie and I got married. We, we found a place to get us a Bible. Hallelujah. And I started reading it. And I thought, well, I'm going to start in Matthew. Praise God. So I started reading the beginning. And I, I wanted to know who Jesus was. And so I wanted to find out who he, what he did. And so I, I read Matthew. Then I read Mark. And I read Luke and got in John. And then, praise God, got over in that forbidden zone, the book of Acts. Amen. And they got to talking about the power of the Holy Ghost. And Jesus told them, don't even go anywhere till you get it. And I thought, Lord, have mercy. I better get that. <laughs> Took me a while to figure it out, but I got her. Hallelujah. Amen. And, you know, we just kept on going and going and going. Then we got in there and found out that, praise God, I was redeemed from the curse of the law, that Jesus set me free from that, that he delivered me from all the struggles and problems, and, and I could be blessed with the blessing of Abraham. And then he began to talk to me that he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. It didn't go out with the apostles. It didn't stop when he left us. Praise God. He poured the Holy Spirit out so we could walk in these truths and live in these truths and walk in the victories that he provided for us. Amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. I remember I got filled with the Holy Ghost, God speaking in tongues. And the first thing the devil said is this. He said, now you know that's not of God. You're just making it up. Yeah. Well, I was in the up. I never heard anybody speak in tongues. So I, I guess I wasn't making it up. I was the first person to ever speak in tongues. It's me. Amen. I didn't know what I was supposed to sound like or anything. I went to a Pentecostal church one time just to see if I could get hear somebody talk in tongues. And they went to the front, and I thought, boy, they're going to do it now. They're going to have a prayer session up there. And they got up there and prayed real loud, and I said, well, I can do that. And I didn't go back anymore. So don't hide the Holy Ghost because the people coming here, they want to see what you got. Amen. Show them. Hallelujah. Amen. But I got filled with the Holy Ghost. I got speaking in tongues, and the devil, you know, he's standing right there behind me. I couldn't see him, but you know when the devil's there. He said, boy, you're making that up. That's not God. That's you. Well, I just stopped, and you and I'd already read over there in John's gospel that the devil's a liar. And the father of all lies, John 8, 44. So I just stopped and turned around and said, thank you, Mr. Devil, for confirming to me that I'm filled with the Holy Ghost. Because you're a liar, and if you said I don't have it, then that means I do. Hallelujah. So you can stand there and listen if you want to, but I encourage you to just leave because I'm going to talk in tongues for a little bit. Hallelujah. Well, once he figured out he couldn't talk me out of it, then I just went back to praying in tongues. He said, they already think you're crazy at that church. They're going to think you're just wild and crazy. Now, I said, good, maybe we'll get some of them wild and crazy. And then I said, I'm tired of listening to you. I'm trying to pray in tongues here, and you're bothering me. So in Jesus' name, leave. And he just packed his bags up and left. Hallelujah. Amen. 
I found out that the Lord was still filling people with the Holy Ghost. Because he did me. Because he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. If Jesus healed broken hearts, then he heals them now. If Jesus delivered people from oppression and things that are trying to break them down, he still does it now. Hallelujah. Amen. He proclaims liberty to the captives today. He heals. He delivers. He brings the, the blessings of the Lord in our lives. Amen. That's who he is. And so we have to let that enter in, just like David said there in the Psalms. we got to let that truth enter into us and bring that light into our lives so that we can step out of the darkness of the enemy and step over into the light of what Jesus Christ came to do. And you see, if you believe the Bible, you've got to believe this because he said, today this is fulfilled in your hearing. It's done. I'm here. It's, it's a done deal. Amen. In fact, when Peter was preaching in Acts 10, you know, he's got Lord showed him to go over to Cornelius and then Cornelius sent the people over. And so the Lord had already given him a vision to go preach because, you know, even though the early church, they were filled with the Holy Ghost and the apostle Peter was a mighty uh, apostle of God. You know, there was still Jewish and there was still a little tradition. You know, you ever notice when you get saved, there's still a few things God has to work out of you. And so the Lord knew he's going to have to give Peter a vision or he wasn't going to believe these Gentiles could get it. Amen. Isn't it amazing? The Lord will save and fill people with the Holy Ghost that you would never think he would. And so he got Peter convinced. And so, you know, and Peter, in fact, when he shows up at Cornelius' house, he's got the whole crowd in there and got all of his family and friends and they're stacked into his house. And, and, and so the first thing Peter does is he opens his mouth and actually says something offensive. He looks at him and says, I perceive that God is actually not a respecter of persons. He'll save anybody. <laughs> Amen. Didn't affect them at all, praise God. He, and, but then he gets down to about the 38th verse, and he says how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power, who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil or of the devil. And I got to reading that, praise God, and I said, glory to God. Jesus was still the anointed one 10 to 15 years after Pentecost. Peter is preaching the same thing that Jesus said he was in Luke chapter 4. And, and Peter is ministering this, and then I found this to be true. He says how Jesus was anointed of the Holy Ghost who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil. Sickness and disease and oppressions of the devil, not of God. Jesus wasn't going around healing people the Father put problems on. Kingdom divided can't stand. Amen. So I found out that it was the devil that was oppressing and destroying and defeating, and it was Jesus that was come to set us free. Hallelujah. Amen. And so we got to get a hold of this. Anything that's oppressing me, anything that's holding me down, any kind of yoke or burden is not from God. It's the devil. But Jesus came with the anointing of the power of the Holy Spirit to deliver us. And through his redemptive work on Calvary's cross and on his ascension and resurrection and seating at the right hand of the Father and pouring out of the Holy Spirit, Jesus has triumphed over death, hell, and the grave. He's triumphed over the curse. He's triumphed over sin. He defeated the devil, took down the, the demon forces of hell, and stripped them of their power brought the kingdom of heaven to the earth and brought us into it and made us citizens of the kingdom of God and heirs of the blessings of heaven amen and he's the same today as he was then and he'll be the same tomorrow he'll still be the savior the redeemer the healer the deliverer and he'll always be the one that's there to fill you with the holy ghost and set you free amen 
That's the Lord that we serve. And we need to always see that. We need to always be on our guard not to let the enemy, the devil, lie to us and try to deceive us. Amen? Because the devil can't put a yoke on you. He has to talk you into sticking your neck in it. Amen? If you're yoked up with a problem right now, you've allowed yourself to be put in it. Because the devil does not have the power to just come right in and stick you in a yoke and put a burden on you. Amen. He doesn't have that authority anymore. Jesus stripped him of his power and his authority. All the devil has working for him now is a mouth. Amen. Jesus said he's a liar and the father of all lies. And every time he opens his mouth, he's speaking the lie. Amen. And so what does the devil have working for him? He's got, a, he's got a mouth, a very persuasive, lying mouth. And he'll offer you something and talk you into receiving it and put it around your neck and tell you God did it to you. You really do. You got to be aware of what, how he works. Amen. But I'm here to tell you the truth will set you free when you get into it. And Jesus did not come to put a burden on you, to weigh you down, to break your heart, to hurt you, or anything else. Jesus came to redeem you from all of that. He paid the price so you could be free from all of that. And if he did it when he was on the earth, he's doing it at the right hand of the Father today. Amen. If he was anointed then, he's anointed now. Praise God. And if it was for them, it's for me. Praise God. And those are the truths you have to get. That's what the Lord was showing Peter whenever he was having that vision of the sheep being let down. God was saying, son, it's not just for you. It's for everybody. That I'm not a respecter of persons, but I will respect faith. Hallelujah. Amen. And anybody who believes, that's what Peter said, that anybody will call on the Lord, anybody will call out to him, that he'll get, and, and you know, Cornelius' group, they were so on fire and hungry for God. Peter didn't even get to give an invitation. He didn't even, he didn't get to finish his message. He got enough word out there for, for them to figure out what to do. And they all just got saved, filled the Holy Ghost, started talking in tongues. And Peter just stopped preaching and said, can anybody forbid us to go baptize them? I mean, my God, they're talking in tongues. Power of God. Why? What happened? Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's the anointed one. And when we connect with him that anointing sets us free amen now how are we going to make that anointing work look over here in luke's gospel the fifth chapter we read there in luke chapter four look down here in verse 15 jesus has been ministering and so it says in verse 15 he told him you know he just got a a, a leper healed and delivered and he told him don't go out and do all the stuff but he went out and you know and they everybody found out about it anyway and so he says this, however, the report went around concerning him and all the more and great multitudes came together to hear and to be healed by him of their infirmities. So he himself often withdrew into wilderness and prayed. Now notice this, that, that verse 15, that great multitudes came to hear and be healed. They'd heard of the great miracles that he was doing, but they wanted to come and hear for themselves. And their intent was to come and hear how to get it and then get it before they left. 
Now, here's the point I'm bringing to you. How you approach God is so important. Why you come to before the Lord is so important. Why are you here? Did you just come to take, take fill in space? Do you come to get prayed for just to get prayed for? Or do you come to hear, receive, and be healed and delivered? See, Hebrews eleven six 6 tells us that we're to come to the Lord believing that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. In other words, every time I pray, I'm to expect an answer. Every time I approach God, I'm to expect that the Lord's going to honor that and do what I'm needing him to do for me. Amen. He's going to do what he said he would do. So these people are coming because they want to hear for themselves. You know, Jesus, you know, when he was at the, the, the well there, the woman at the well, he gets to ministering to her. And the Bible, you know, he tells her who he is, and she accepts it. And she runs out to all through the town and runs and tells everybody, I met a man who's told me everything there is about me. This is the Christ you need to come and hear him. Come and hear. Come and hear. Come and see. Come and hear. Come and see. Come and see. And so they, they come in, and, and all of a sudden they're coming around, and the Lord begins to minister to them. And you read on down there, and they said, you know, originally we was, I'm paraphrasing, but they said originally we believe because of what the woman told us. But now we believe because we heard it for ourselves. Hallelujah. You know something? The believing that you get because you experience it yourself is better than the believing you got from what somebody else experienced. Amen. Thank God for what they got, but thank God for what he's done for me. Amen. I believe in healing because I've heard people be healed and I've seen people get healed, but I really believe in healing because I've been healed myself. Amen. It's work for me, glory to God. I believe that God will do it, not because somebody else said, I can tell you my experience now, hallelujah. And so we come to hear and be healed. It's important how we approach God, the attitude that we have when we come before the Lord, amen? Now, let's read on down here. Let's keep on going. And we'll pick it up right here in verse 17. It says, now it happened that a certain day that he was teaching and there were Pharisees and teachers of the law sitting by who had come out of every town of Galilee, Judea, and Jerusalem. And the power of the Lord was present to heal. And the power of the Lord was present to heal them. The anointing of the Lord was present to heal them. The Holy Spirit power of God was there in that room. The presence of God had filled that room. Amen. They didn't have to pray for it. They didn't have to go shouting for it. The power to heal them was right there in manifestation in that room. And if anybody should be able to tap into that, I mean, you got Pharisees and teachers of the law. These are the educated people in the scriptures. But here's the thing, folks. You can't educate your head at the expense of your heart. Are you listening to me? They were religious, and they couldn't get a hold of it because they got all this information in their head but got no revelation in their heart. I don't want to just know God in my head. I want to know him in my heart because there are going to be times I'm not going to have feelings. There are going to be times I'm not going to be able to see anything, feel anything, or no emotions around me, but those are the times that i got to believe in my heart that God is right there with me, and he's going to walk me through that thing. Somebody says, now, Brother Hubman, are you sure about that? Well, yeah, I use Acts 16 all the time. I, I, I love reading the life of the Apostle Paul. He, he practiced what he preached, and he's been beaten and thrown in jail, him and Silas. And there at midnight, what did they do? You can't tell me the man was all inspired. 
You can't tell me that he had all kinds of wonderful feelings. His back is bleeding. He's still in a mess because the jailer later on took him to his house and cleaned him up. There's no inspiration. The other prisoners are not over there singing praise songs. There's not a worship team outside the jail door. He doesn't have his Bible. His feet are in stocks. He's down in the stink of the, jun- the, the lowest part in the dungeon. And he's been done as well. You can't tell me. There's, there's no inspiration whatsoever. There's no feelings going on here. Amen? So what did the Apostle Paul do? He didn't operate in the feelings of being a Christian. He operated in the faith of being a Christian. And he stirred something up and he said, whether I feel it, whether I understand it, or whatever's going on, God is still God. This jail doesn't change who Jesus is. My back being bloodied is not changing who Jesus is. My feet in those chains does not change who Jesus is. This whole situation that has attacked me does not change who Jesus is. He is still the anointed one one and he's the same yesterday today and forever and there is a way that I can turn this thing around what the devil has meant for bad for my good and I am going to find it and I'm going to get it and so he immediately began to turn without any inspiration at all he, he turned to God and it had to be totally faith And he prays a simple prayer and begins to sing praises to God. And you know those songs were not something that you want to record and play on the radio. He's not trying to win a Grammy. He's trying to shake that place and get the victory out of the defeat that the enemies tried to put him in. Amen? And there are times, folks, that we just have to make up our mind. Either Jesus is the same, he's the anointed one, he came to deliver us and set us free, or he's not. And if he is, I'm going to get set free. My knees met today. If Jesus is the one that breaks down the doors, destroys the yoke, rolls the burdens away, and sets the captives free, I'm coming out of this thing. Hallelujah. Amen. So they're religious folks here, and nothing's happening. Power of God's there, but nothing's happening. So let's keep reading. Then behold, men brought in a bed, a man who was paralyzed, and they, brought, they sought to bring him in before him. And when they could not find how they might bring him in because of the crowd, they went on the housetop and let him down with the bed through the tiling in the mist before Jesus. Now listen to this next part in verse 20. Here's what you got to get. When he, Jesus, saw their faith. When he, Jesus, saw their faith. He saw their faith. Their faith. The man on the bed and the four friends that was laying, setting him down. Because we know according to Mark, there was four of them. Amen. And so there's four buddies here with their, their friend. And they tie ropes on and set him right down in the midst. You know, if you're paralyzed, you better have faith if you're going to let your buddies drop you down through a roof. Amen. So he's got his faith working, in that, and Jesus saw their faith. Why? Because James says faith without works is dead. You, there, there's, an, there's an action to faith. Amen. 
I remember old Roberts. He he was ministering and and he you know was he was he actually preached this and and, and I heard it and he said he told the people he said if you're if you're paralyzed and I lay my hands on you in the name of Jesus for healing to come into you and all you can do is move your little finger. He said start moving your little finger. And he said, you know, he said, he said, you just lay there and just start moving. Move what you can move and do it in the name of Jesus for the glory of God. And I heard Brother Roberts say he laid hands on the guy, and he said the guy couldn't move. He was paralyzed from the neck down, except he had a little bit of movement in his finger. He could get a twinge in his, le- in his left fingers. And he said, I, he said he looked down, and the guy's left two fingers on his left hand was just twinging. Brother Rob said, that's it, brother, God's healing you. And he said, I got up and walked away. He said, next thing I know, he had his hand shifting. He said, then I looked over and the other hand was shifting. He said, next thing I looked over, he had both hands waving them in the thing. And he said, a little while later, he jumped up off his couch and ran around the place. Hallelujah. Healed. <laughs> Glory to God. Because Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. But Jesus saw their faith. And when Jesus sees their faith, he responds to faith. The power is, is there. But he is not responding to anybody right now until he sees this act of faith. Amen. Now, let's go on. And he said, Jesus said to the man, man, your sins are forgiven you. And the scribes and the Pharisees began to reason, saying, who is this who can speaks blasphemy? Who can forgive sins except God alone? But Jesus, when he, he perceived their thoughts, he answered and said to them, why are you reasoning in your hearts? Which is easier to say, your sins are forgiven, you are to say, rise up and walk. But that you may know that the Son of Man has power on the earth to forgive sins. He said to the man who was paralyzed, I say to you, arise, take up your bed, and go to your house. Immediately he rose up before them, took up that which he had been lying upon, and departed to his own house, glorifying God. Now you say, what's going on here? Well, the Lord Jesus is teaching in the in this people's place. And there's some have come to hear. That's why there's such a big crowd. But there's also some religious people sitting there trying to figure out how Jesus does this stuff. And here they comes these four and they drop their buddy down and Jesus sees that. And 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 I prayed one time. I said, Lord, I don't understand. Why did you say your sins are forgiven? And then heal the guy. And the Lord said, Well. He said, forgiveness and healing always works together. You ever read Psalm 103 when he talks about the benefits? Who forgiveth all thine iniquities and healeth all thy diseases. The Lord said, I told him his sins were forgiven because many don't receive their healings because they're condemning themselves over something in their past. Or the enemies told them they're not worthy. But he said, I want them to know they're forgiven and there's nothing hindering them from receiving my mercy and grace into their life to set them free. Amen. See, a lot of times we don't get healed because it's that little question, what if I've done something? What if, I, what, if I, what if I'm not where I need to be? The Lord said, I was taking all questions away from the young man. I wanted him to know there's nothing standing between me and you, son. You can receive your healing. And so Jesus set him free from any condemnation. Why? Because he came to bring deliverance to the captives. Amen. And so anything that was holding that young man in captivity, Jesus set him free from it first. And then he released his body from the sickness that had held it. And healing came into him. Now, what was the difference in this four guys and their friend and the scribes and Pharisees? 
Reason is the voice of doubt and unbelief. People say, I'm a reasonable person. That means you're probably full of doubt and unbelief. Because you're reasoning it out in your head and trying to figure it out in the natural before you're willing to go ahead and believe it without seeing it or feeling it or anything else. See, if you have to explain God before you can believe God, you'll never believe God. Amen. Hallelujah. They used to say, well, I don't understand that. I can't, I can't understand how that works. A friend of mine used to say, well, I can't understand how a brown cow can eat green grass and give white milk, but it doesn't. Hallelujah. Amen. Makes just as much sense. Hallelujah. But you see, it takes faith. And the Bible says that, that faith believes without saying. Amen. Faith acts upon the word. Faith believes from the inward man without the... Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So what was it that caused that power to flow, the anointing to flow, and the yoke to be destroyed? Faith. Amen. And we already know the power of the Lord and the presence of the Lord is here tonight. We've experienced the presence of the Lord already in this house. And that means that the anointing of God is in this house. And the Lord is with us. And he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. That means that the power to heal us and bring healing into our bodies and deliverance from things that may be oppressing and to destroy yokes and roll burdens away is right here to, for us to receive. And what we need to learn from this is the immediately this thing. If you have asked God to forgive you of a mistake or a failure in your life, it was forgiven. Why? Because 1 John 1, 9 says in the Amplified, For God is faithful and just and true to his own nature and promises, and he will forgive you of your sins. Amen? And then Isaiah said that God no longer remembers your sins. I heard Brother Brother Copeland actually back years ago uh, teach and minister, and he was he was preaching this probably back in the late 80s, so it's been a few years ago. But anyway, he, he said he was going to this, he'd been invited to this revival. And so he pulled up in his car, and the praise team's already gone. But that afternoon, he'd done something, got aggravated, got in the flesh, and he'd been praying and asking God to forgive him all day long and getting ready to preach. And he said, I finally got there to that place. He said, I'm getting ready to get out of my car, and I'm feeling condemnation, and the devil's telling me who you think you are, how could you preach? And he said, I, I finally, I said, Lord, I, I'm just asking you one more time to forgive me. And he said, Lord, finally spoke to him and said, of what and he said well you know Lord what I did this afternoon Lord said no I don't he said sure you do I've, I've been praying I've been telling you about it all afternoon Lord said no the moment you confessed it and repented I forgave you and I blotted it out and I no longer remember it and I would appreciate it if you would quit reminding me of it He said, okay, what do I need to do, Lord? He says, get up and act like I'm God and that I am who I said I am, and I do what I said I do, and go in there and preach to the people the truth that I've given you. He said, man, I was on fire for God. Hallelujah. Because, see, he was young in his ministry and coming along and stuff, and he was learning back in those days too. We all have to realize, listen to me, folks, if, if the, we got to take God at his word. 
That's what this, this young paralyzed gentleman did. He took God at his word. And when the Lord said, your sins are forgiven, immediately that young man came to the realization there ain't nothing keeping me on this bed. No sin, no failure, no mistake, nothing I've done because Jesus just set me free from all that. And then when Jesus said, now rise up and take your bed and go home, man said, I'm obeying God. Hallelujah. I can do that because he stepped over into faith without any guilt or condemnation at all and received not only forgiveness of any failures, but healing in his body. And God changed his entire life. Amen. Somebody says, well, what about us? Jesus isn't here. No, but Jesus said in, in Mark's gospel that we're now to go and do these things for him. Amen. In fact, look over in, in Mark's gospel, the 16th chapter. Mark chapter 16, verses 15 through 20. We all know these, these scriptures, but let's, let's just read through this. Notice here that the Lord's speaking to the disciples, and he's talking to believers because he doesn't say these signs will follow apostles. He said they'll follow believers. Amen. And I'm a believer, so I believe these signs accompany me and follow me. Amen. Notice here in verse 15, and he said to them, Go in all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. In other words, go and preach it to everybody. Nobody's excluded. Everybody gets to get it. Amen? Everybody has the privilege and honor and opportunity to receive what God has for them. Go tell them the good news. No matter what you've done, I can set you free from it. Amen? And he says, he who believes... Knows that? And is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. Notice the Lord told us, we're to, my job is to preach it to you. My job is not to force it on you. <clears throat> and then your, your part is to hear it and then make a decision about it. In every situation, there's a God part and our part. Amen? The Lord will do his part, but then he won't do anything else until we do our part. Amen. He'll preach the gospel to us and convict our heart and draw on our heart. But if we don't accept that and step out and confess his lordship in our life, he won't force us. In anything. I remember, you know, I was believing God. You know, uh, I've told the story, you know, even about finances. Bonnie and I, we'd taken a church. We were out in Arkansas and we'd taken a church and uh, it was going through some struggles there and it came right down to Christmas time and, and we were just barely getting along and nothing going on. And, and, uh, I, one day, you know, about a month before Christmas, a friend of mine called me up and he said, Hey, Pastor Darrell, I'm going over here to Oklahoma to visit a friend. Would you like to go with me? I said, well, yeah, they'd start coming to church. And he was a, a real, uh, blessed businessman real estate, had different things. And so, you know, he came by and picked me up. Well, I had three $1 bills in my billfold. No money in the, in the bank and a credit card that was maxed out. So I had $3. That's all the resources I had. And I thought, well, at least that'll get me maybe a hamburger or something, you know, if we have lunch. But he's rich. He's almost a millionaire if he's not. Maybe he'll buy me lunch, praise God. Amen. So I went in faith with him, and I didn't know what they was going to do. So I go over here, and we go to this place, and here's this guy has got a big car lot and stuff. And we go back in there, and there's a couple other big international full gospel businessmen, and they're walking in there, and there's, there's you know, the man. So there's those three, me and the man. 
So we go back in his office, and a friend of mine standing there, and he says, well, the reason I came over here is I know it's getting down near Christmas, and you've been in a financial crunch, and, and it's been tight for you, and so God just dealt with me in here, and he pulls out a $5,000 check and lays it on his table. I went, glory to God. What about me? I mean, I'm the guy who's got $3. Two kids and you know no no Christmas presents and so so I'm I'm sitting there and the guy beside me he pulls out a cashier's check for twenty five hundred and says I want to get in on this so he puts his down. The other guy pulls out twenty five hundred dollars in cash and lays it on and says I want there's ten thousand dollars laying on that man's table, and I hear the Holy Spirit say, "You give." I went, Lord, I don't have a three dollars. God said, I want you to give him $3. Give him, your, give him what's in your billfold. I said, Lord, I ain't going to do that. That's $3. He's already got $10,000. I can get $3. Now, God's doing his part, but now I've got to do my part. And so I'm sitting there, and, and finally the Lord said, well, are you ashamed of me? I said, no, sir, but it's $3. God said, do what I'm asking you to do. So I reached over in my belt and pulled my billfold. I said, well, praise the Lord, I want to get in on this too. And I pulled my three $1 bills out and laid it on the table. And they looked at me. I went, glory to God. And about that time, the guy that I went over there with, he said, hey, I'm hungry. Let's go get lunch. I'm buying. I went, glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Woo! At least I'm going to get to eat. Hallelujah. And so they go out, and we walk out of the, the, his, his office, and he's got his big car lot and everything. And there's, there's one guy walks over to him. He says, you know, that, that was really something. So a lot of people wouldn't have done that. But I, I really, that blessed me that you was willing to obey God like that. And he shook my hand and had something in it. I put it in my pocket. Glory to God. Well, I walked around the corner, and the other one walked over. And he says, I was so blessed, and the Lord spoke to me in here. I want to bless you. And so shook hands. Well, we went and had lunch. Well, we're heading back over to Fort Smith. That's where we were pastoring at the time. And, and so we're, we're going back over. And my friend, you know, he was just kind of, you know, what he thought he'd say. He looks at me and says, hey, they shook your hands. They give you anything? I said, well, yeah, I think so. He said, well, what'd they give you? I said, I don't know. I hadn't looked. He says, well, pull it out, man. Let's see what they gave you. So I said, all right. So I reached in my pocket, and I pulled out three $100 bills. And we were able to get our kids some Christmas presents that year and buy a few little extra things. But if I hadn't have done what God told me to do, that need would not have got met. The power, the presence, and the opportunity was there for me to obey God, just like that man on that stretcher. He could have gotten discouraged when the crowd was there. He could have said, well, maybe we missed it. But you know what? whether it was embarrassing or not, they pulled a tile back and dropped him right down in. And when Jesus saw that they were willing to do anything, even look foolish or silly in the front of the eyes of the people around him, it stirred Jesus. And he said, your faith has made you well. The guy got up and got healed. Amen. We preach this gospel. But once we preach it, then those who hear it, you are now faced with the decision. Do I sit here and reason it out, or do I sit here and believe I receive it? 
If I sit here and reason it out, I'll walk out of here without. But if I believe I receive it, it'll save me. It'll deliver me. That word saved there means saved, healed, delivered, preserved, and made whole. Hallelujah. It'll change my life. God will begin to work in my life. Amen. Then the Lord puts some aids in here to help us. And he says here in the next verse, and these signs will follow those who believe in my name. In my name means in my place, under my authority, going in my behalf, doing it under my direction. In my name, what are we going to do? They will lay hands on the sick. Don't say that. In my name. Let's read it again. These signs will follow them that believe. Praise God. In my name, they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. What's that mean? That means that, bless God, when the devil sticks his head up in Jesus' name, you shut him up. Amen? And in my name, they'll speak with new tongues. What's that mean? I believe that if I lay hands on you and you've never spoken in tongues, you'll speak in tongues. Holy Ghost will come on you and you can receive it. Amen? Praise God. Then he goes on, he says this, in my name, if they take up serpents or if they drink anything deadly, it'll not hurt them. That doesn't mean I'm going to handle a snake or drink poison in front of you to show you how spiritual I am. It'll show you how much I need a doctor in a little bit. Amen? No, that means what Psalm 5, 11, and 12 says. If I take refuge and put my trust in the Lord, he'll make a covering of me and defend me and take care of me, and no weapon formed against me shall prosper. Because I'm operating in the faith of the anointing of God, destroying those shows before the enemy can break me down. And then, of course, he gets down to this, this last one. and says, and they will uh, lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. And so then after the Lord had spoken to them, he was received up into heaven, sat down at the right hand of God, and they went out and preached everywhere, and the Lord working with them. Notice everywhere, not just some places, but everywhere. Everywhere this gospel is preached and people believe it, it works. Amen? And for whosoever, anybody, it worked for everybody. And the Lord working with them and confirming the word through the accompanying signs. Amen. The power of the Lord is present. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's the healer. He's the deliverer. He's the recoverer. He's the baptizer in the Holy Spirit. He's the one who destroys yokes off of your life. He's the one that rolls the burdens away. He's the one that makes a way when there is no way. He is the fulfillment. He is the, he's your year of jubilee. Hallelujah. Meaning one, he's here to fix all your mistakes. That's what the year of jubilee was. Every 50th year, everybody got everything that they'd messed up for the last 49 years restored back. Amen. And the Lord is saying, I'm here to help you with everything you the enemy calls to be a mess in your life. I'm here to fix that mess. How do I get it, Lord? By faith. When Jesus sees our faith, he'll always respond. Amen. What is seeing faith? It is you acting upon the word no matter what. There have been a lot of times I've acted on the word, just like that $3 act. <laughs> Amen. See, a lot of people think, well, you've got to just do all these mighty things. $3 got my kids their Christmas presents for Christmas. When it was taken out of my pocket and put in the hands of the Lord. Amen. What is faith? It is an act of yielding 
and responding to what Jesus says. Amen? That's all faith is. I trust you, Lord, so much that I'm going to act and respond on what you said and believe you'll do for me what you said you would do for me. Amen? That's why I come and confess him as Lord. I just believe, Lord, if I accept your gospel and confess you as my Lord, I'll be saved. Lord, I believe that this evening, if I go up there, the anointing and the presence of God is here, and if hands are laid upon me in your name, you will stretch your hands through the minister's hands and touch me, and healing will flow into my body, and I'll walk out of here healed. Lord, this burden has been on me that the, the enemy's trying to weigh me down with. I believe if I go up there and stand and have that man lay his hands on me in your name, that your anointing will flow into me, that burden will be removed, the oppression will be gone, and I walk out of here liberated and free. See, that's faith. The people came to hear and. Do you hear me? There's an and between hear and be healed. They came not only to hear it, but they added the and be healed. Amen? So what's that mean? If I come to the front, I'm coming up front to get hands laid upon me and be healed. If I'm going to get prayed for, I'm going to get prayed for and be healed. I'm going to be delivered. I'm going to put the and be to it. Hallelujah. Amen? And it's the and be that moves the hand of God. Because that's the faith. Anybody stand in a line and have somebody pray for them. But faith stands there with a and B. Amen? My friends got me down to the front, but Jesus got me out the door. Hallelujah. Because I came to hear and be healed. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you, Holy Spirit, for moving in our midst. Lord, we just praise you right now. We thank you, Holy Lord, that, that this, this, during this entire evening, your holy presence has been here. We thank you, Lord, for exhorting us, encouraging us. We thank you for the privilege we've had to just drink in of the Spirit of God. Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you, Lord, that you, you poured your spirit out. And, Lord, the anointing is here, and, and, and you've given us the spirit of faith so that we can respond and act upon these truths. And now, Lord, I pray. And I believe that as this word has gone forth, it has found fertile ground. It's found good ground. And Lord, I thank you that they that have heard it have also received it. And now, Lord, we set ourselves to do it. And it's going to produce in our lives what it was sent to do. Thank you for that. We just praise you for that right now. We worship you, Lord Jesus. We praise you, Lord Jesus. We praise you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I want you to just begin to release your faith and begin to thank God. What are you needing the Lord to do for you? See, they came to not just hear what Jesus had to say, but to receive it and have it acting in their lives. We've heard tonight that Jesus is the anointed one. We've heard that he's the redeemer. We've heard that he's the healer. He's the deliverer. That he, he, he heals not only physical, but he heals spiritual. He heals emotional. He sets us free. He forgives us from little things to the big things and everything in between. The Bible says, Paul wrote to the Romans, he said, listen, 
Where sin did abound, grace does much more abound. You know what he was saying? You've not done anything so bad that God can't fix it. And the Bible teaches us that once the Lord forgives us, he chooses not to remember it. And I will remember thy sins and iniquities no more. You know what that means? See, God doesn't forget what you did. He chooses not to ever bring it up or remember it. And he won't let the devil bring it up. The devil's the accuser of the brethren. If he goes before the Lord and tries to bring that stuff up, the Lord says, it's under the blood. It's gone. So there's nothing hindering you from receiving what God has for you right now. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you for taking the time to listen to our podcast today. We trust you received a word from God. If you enjoyed this teaching, be sure to subscribe to our podcast in iTunes. By subscribing, you'll be sure to receive a new message every week as soon as they are made available. And if you'd like to learn more about Anchor Faith Church, you can stop by our website at anchorfaithbaldosta.com. There you'll find our locations and service times, ministries that are available for you and your family. You can even give financially in support of the ministry. Thank you again for listening, and we look forward to seeing you next time right here on the Anchor Faith Church podcast.